And you're working on something good But if it's really good You're gonna need a bigger room And when you're in the bigger room You might not know what to do You might have to think of how you got started Sitting in your little room da 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 Excited about it. Um, also excited that finally summer is over. Right? Yeah. I know that's not a popular stance, but I'm going to take it. Because as an iridescent female, there's a lot of things that I have to get over about the summertime, and wearing shorts is one of them. Because apparently glow-in-the-dark skin is a little alarming for some people especially this gentleman that I met at a bus stop recently. I, I was on my way to work, and it was hot as hell, and I was wearing shorts. I was at the bus stop, and this gentleman, who had his life strapped to his uh, bicycle, decided to start a conversation with me, and it went a little something like this. Hey! Hey, you! Hey! Hey, girl with the pearly whites! <laughs> hey, pearly white-legged girl, where are you headed? Where are you going? Ooh, girl, you best get out the sun. You're going to burn them stems right up. Where are you going? Where are you headed? I know you ain't got no college degree. You ain't got no college degree wearing dirty-ass shoes like that. Where are you going? Woo, child. You know what? You like a modern-day Cinderella. You and your pearly-ass legs, your broke-ass shoes, waiting for your chariot to arrive. You know what, Cindy? Hey! You all right, you wanna fuck? <laughs> Verbatim. I said yes. I was like, my place or your park? <laughs> it's a full moon, let's get real. I, uh, that's a true story, and I, I saw that gentleman outside of Walgreens, and I was like trying to cover my legs as I was walking in. But you guys, Walgreens, getting real aggressive with their upselling these days. I went there to buy two specific things, a pregnancy test and a bottle of red wine, <laughs> which may sound a little abrasive, but is actually the perfect combination for that scenario. It is, right? Yeah, because no matter what the intended outcome of that pee stick is, that bottle of wine is getting drank. <laughs> Celebratory or sorrow, I don't know, you decide. So I'm standing at the counter with my two items, and the guy scans them, and then looks up at me with his doughy little eyes, and he's like, would you like to top your evening off with this nice bag of pistachios? 
No. How about some two-for-one almond joy? <laughs> Is it not clear that I just want to grab these two items, run home, sit alone in the bathroom for 10 minutes to find out whether I'm with or without child? <laughs> yes, I'll take the pistachios. They're goddamn delicious. <laughs> Fucking Walgreens. Gets you every time. I don't know. Here's the thing. I won in that scenario, though, I have to admit. Because this is the guy that after the first time we were together, after taking off my shirt under his breath, he goes, oh, God, what have I done? You can laugh at that. That's ridiculous. I was like, um, what you've just done is initiated sex. Now is not the time for some outward monologue of regret. All right, jackass. If that was the case, I've been cursing the Skechers shoes that you decided to wear on our first date. Skechers, really? You're a grown-ass man. I fucking hate Skechers. So dating's going well. <laughs> I was, uh, dating is really fucking terrible. I, <laughs> I, I took the plunge. I decided, hey, I should join the OKC, right? Okay, Cupid? I don't know who's single in here, but I am, and that's the thing. Yeah, right? Okay, cubes. I, I did it. <laughs> okay, stoops. I don't know. That's dumb. I, I did it, and it's not going well either because the first message that I got was from this gentleman, and it, all it said was, hey, girl, you look like all three of my ex-wives. <laughs> Clearly, you're great at love. Would you like to meet at a park? Cool. <laughs> I'm game. So I decided, I was like, screw this. I'm going to take dating into my own hands. I'm going to do it myself. So I thought I was getting real progressive. And I was like, I'm going to ask a guy out on a date, right? It's Portland. It's 2013. I can do this. Yeah. So I thought I was being cute. And I was like, hey, do you want to go on a bike ride with me? I've never biked over a Portland bridge before. His response, sorry, can't. Just get on your bike and follow someone over a bridge. <laughs> That sounds like you're telling me to kill myself. We're broken up with. Before we even started. Ugh. I, based on it, I mean, dating's not going well, it's fine. But based on my dating history, I have reason to believe that I have the lady liberty of all lady parts. Hear me out. Send me your weak. You're poor. You're lonely. Send thee the homeless yearning for shelter and rides places. For I will bed thee and then you'll leave me three months later for some girl named Emily. Oh, It's on a plaque outside my bedroom. It's fine. <laughs> no offense to any Emilys in the room, but you guys have burned me more than once. Um, I am just checking time. I uh, was listening to OPB recently. Listen to it all the time, but recently I was. And uh, they had this segment that was called 50 Things Not to Do. Like the top 50 things not to do in Portland, right? And I was like, okay, cool. So I listened for the entire hour. Number one thing not to do in Portland was don't date a waitress at your favorite restaurant. Really? Like out of all, out of the like murder and like rape <laughs> and like wearing Skechers. Don't date a waitress? Like, are you so passive aggressive that you're just like so nervous that it's gonna get awkward when you order your onion rings? Fuck you. <sighs> Don't date a waitress. 
don't be a human. I don't know. Um, I bartend, so I took offense to that. I bartended in my real life. Um, and it's really weird, like, being a bartender, just being a human that exists, you get to be oogled all the time just walking down the street, right? And I half love it. I'm not going to lie. But it's half annoying. And I, But the weirdest thing is the older that I get, the more, like, like, it's weird when dudes have more of an internal clock than I do, essentially. Like, I'm 27, and I'm not about that right now. And these dudes are like, this one guy came up. He's like, ooh, come here. It's like, oh, hey, what can I get for you? He goes, mmm, you got baby-making hips. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what? I'm just saying I want to put a baby in you. Well... <laughs> Well, based on your Jinko genes, <laughs> I'm assuming you can't afford to take a baby out of me. So let's just quit while we're ahead. Even this score, even killed. Oh, God. <laughs> For those of you that didn't hear that, she just said best abortion joke ever. Which is a great segue to my Catholic material that's coming up right now. <laughs> I yeah, that you know, mom, don't listen to this. Very Catholic family. Uh, I I grew up I grew up Catholic and I, I went to Catholic school for one year and I third grade and I was chosen. I'm pretty Wisconsin I'm from Wisconsin, I'm pretty Wisconsin famous, let me preface that real fast. Um, I'm pretty Wisconsin famous because in the year 1986, this baby girl was born with the ninth worst case of bunions in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah, record books. Record books. <laughs> We're fine. Two surgeries later, metal plates, I got an airport card. We're all good. But, I, but in third grade in Wisconsin, I went to a Catholic school. And uh, they had the uh, third grade play every year for like 50 years put on this play, which was titled The Greatest Story Ever Told, Jesus' Life Through Death. Really intense. And, uh, and I was chosen for the first female to play Jesus. Are you kidding me? I peaked. The first female bunny in Jesus. I nailed Catholic school. Literally. You guys, they hated it. They hated it. They boycotted the shit out of it. I didn't know that till later, but my mom told me. She like showed me these scrapbooks, and I did get a nice article written about me, which was titled, Third Grade Female Makes Jesus Look Faggy. <laughs> Their words, not mine. In print. Nailing third grade. Um... I don't know. So, you know, <laughs> turning water into wine has not gone that well for me <laughs> in my yesteryears. Uh, I did uh, witness a miracle recently, however. Uh, I was on a bus again. I just can't get enough of public transportation. <laughs> I was on a bus, and this woman sitting next to me was carrying this basket of bread. Coincidence? I don't know. But she's carrying this basket of bread, and we're sitting next to each other, and she's in the aisle, 
And these group of kids get on and they're like sitting, they're facing each other, they're arguing over something. I don't like, I have no idea, but just stupid teenage arguing shit. And they're getting really heated with each other, just like back and forth. And everyone on the bus is uncomfortable, especially the breadbasket woman next to me. She's just like white knuckling it, like can't get enough. And then, and she's like deep breathing and stuff. I was like, something's about to happen. I'm not so sure what, but I'm on board. So... So I'm standing there and she's sitting there and she just like can't take it anymore. And she just reaches over me, grabs the bus stop thing and the bus comes to a halt. She storms off. But before she gets off, she looks at these kids arguing, grabs them by the jacket and just goes, y'all motherfuckers need Jesus. <laughs> and then gets off the bus. And I was like, miracles do happen. So I followed her and we're best friends. Her name's Wendy. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> miracles do happen. You guys, we're gonna about to witness the miracles right now. Are you ready to get this comedy show started? Yeah! Your first guest I'd like to bring up to the stage, amazing human being. You can see her all around town, the very funny Miss Stephanie Pardle. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Uh, we're really stoked to be here. I come here all the time. I babysit for Jack and Shannon. Yeah, top babysitter. Uh, apparently they told our mutual friend they really like me because I don't ask where the booze is. And I was like, <laughs> I thought babysitting was paying me to be sober around your kids. So I didn't know that was negotiable. <laughs> Rearrange how this all works out. Uh, <laughs> Like, in true Portland fashion, uh, their daughter, Hadley, came up to me the other day, and she goes, my mom buried my placenta under a tree in the backyard. <laughs> and I go, oh, sweetie, did nobody tell you when a tree gets a taste for human blood, we have to put it down? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, give yourselves a big round of applause for coming out to the show tonight. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, uh, we're dealing with the seasons changing. It's fall. I really kind of... I loved summer this year. It was really beautiful, right? Like, I'm one of those purists, though. I don't really think it's summer in Portland until you hear that sweet swish swish sound of a handy in a sleeping bag. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the Burnside Bridge, you know? It's like love is in the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But fall is really beautiful. I'm not complaining. I really like fall. The leaves are changing, you know? Uh, but I'm one of those purists, though. I don't really think it's fall in Portland until you hear that sweet swish swish sound of a handy in a sleeping bag. Uh, I don't know why they call it the city of roses. It should just be the city of romance, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going that. Uh, I was downtown the other day, um, and I happened to be downtown on free winter coat day. Yeah, that was an interesting day. Guy threw a bagel at me and called me a bitch. <laughs> uh, I was like, keep Portland weird. <laughs> hmm. uh, <laughs> I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, and um, I know you should feel... <sighs> really bad for me. Thanks for rubbing it in. <laughs> oh, do you see how that worked? Like he, he censored himself. Big round of applause for the heckler turned censored. <laughs> uh, I'm from St. Louis. I was there for my grandpa's funeral. And uh, it's okay. Like the guy started having heart attacks in the 70s. It's been, we've been waiting for a while. Anyway, uh, like it's not often that someone's like last words, you know, really sum up their life like bring their life full circle. And that's what my grandpa did. 
Uh, he was in and out of consciousness, and my grandma was worried he had dry mouth, so she was trying to do some kind of geriatric waterboarding. I don't know. Uh, and you guys, he woke up. He wakes up, and he goes, stop it, God damn it. And then he died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how else end your life but do what you've been doing for the past 58 years, which is cussing at your wife? It makes sense. <laughs> The undercurrent of spite really runs like in all of uh, my families. Like my parents, they got engaged when they'd been together for three months. And then in the middle of a fight, my dad goes, you wouldn't marry me. And my mom goes, try me. Yeah. And then they got married. Uh, genius. <laughs> Loving foundation to start. I'm like eight years old <laughs> going, have you guys heard of divorce? Because my friend's parents have it. I would also like a water baby. Anyway. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong though me and my family we're always playing games we're like a really playful bunch my favorite game you guys is the one uh, where I can plainly tell my mom's been crying uh, but we call it allergies it's hilarious <laughs> playful bunch um, <laughs> I, uh, I, my only thing I miss about uh, St. Louis and the Midwest in general are pro-life billboards like we have the best in the world. Uh, my favorite just has a picture of a giant baby on it, you know, like one of those real ones, not one of those aborted ones, you know what I mean? Uh, and next to it, it said really big, it said, I had the hiccups even before I was born. And I thought, that's a funny pro-life billboard, you know, because whenever I get the hiccups, I think, kill me now, right? Like, <laughs> no worse. So now we're gonna vote on whose was the best. All right. <laughs> and no, we're not doing that? Okay. I like mine a lot. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, I was uh, reading the news the other day, and this woman uh, had named her kid Messiah in Tennessee. And a judge took it upon herself to change it. Um, long story short, blah, 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 she, Jesus, she's a cunt. Anyway, um, and so uh, the mother, when being interviewed, she said, well, I didn't really think about what Messiah meant. I just thought it sounded pretty. And I was like, no. <laughs> Like, I'll defend your right to name your kid whatever you want, but you got to own it, right? Like, like I'm not going to name my kid Ejaculate, you know? <laughs> Does kind of sound pretty, though, you know? Like Ejaculate Purtle. <laughs> like, uh, I think it sounds like a French prince's name, you know, like Jean-Claude Ejaculate. <laughs> not going to do it, though. You can't talk me into it. <laughs> I also read in the news that, uh, you know, the shitty steakhouse chain, uh, Texas Roadhouse, they were making their employees wear T-shirts that say, I love my job. And I'm like, what? That's like pimp psychology. Like, that's what you tell your horse. You know what I mean? Like Charles Manson sitting somewhere in a jail cell going, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <It's> genius. <laughs> I think since Gitmo's never going to close, we might as well just make the prisoners wear T-shirts that say, waterboarding jogs my memory. Like just... Go all the way out. <laughs> Do it. Mm. I think uh, I think like the prisoners of Gitmo, they deserve like the comforts of America. You know, like they deserve what we have. So I think uh, TLC should start doing beauty pageants there. You know, now we all go. Next contestant's name is Ahmed. Ahmed has beautiful brown hair and beautiful brown eyes. His favorite hobby is rocking back and forth in fetal position, muttering something about the infidel. 
And his greatest ambition in life is to have a fair trial with a lawyer and everything. Ackman! Yay! <laughs> uh, we're going to name that show All That Glitters is Gitmo. Ha-ha! Hey! Ew. <laughs> uh, but a bit. Okay, I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to uh, get in better shape, you know, so I'll go on these, like, fitness blogs, these fitness tumblers. Uh, and what, more often than not, you know, these, these blogs are, like, pro-anorexia <laughs> websites. Uh, and, like, do yourself the disservice of looking up hashtag thigh gap. They don't want their thighs to touch. They call it a thigh gap. And I'm like, whoa, how dare you make me feel insecure for my narrow vagina, you know? <laughs> yeah, like your vagina is so wide, your thighs don't even protect it. That's weird. Mm. Um, like my thighs, they protect my vagina from the elements, you know, like wind, uh, bees, yeah, so, uh, river water, don't even... <laughs> In a city like Portland, that's a big deal. Uh, yeah, fluoride, don't even get me started. Guys. <laughs> chemtrails, okay. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what chemtrails are, chemtrails are this thing that hippies are afraid of, like the, the, the cloud stuff behind planes. They think that's the government uh, poisoning us, uh, which means for me to get chemtrails in my vagina, I would have to be pantless, spread eagle in a field, <laughs> just like waiting to <laughs> see God. Anyway, um, <laughs> I like that visual. <laughs> uh, I have a good friend, Andy. My good friend, Andy, she's a self-described vegan atheist anarchist. Yeah, does anybody know one of those? Yeah. Every time she says, I'm like, way to go, we're in Portland. <laughs> I do that every time. Like this. Uh, if she just like added lesbian and graduate student that, I'd have bingo. <laughs> so Andy was like legitimately complaining to me that she had subpar vegan eggs benedict for brunch and I'm like duh it's disgusting like duh vegan eggs benedict is just like nutritional yeast the vague memory of a soybean and a wish you know yeah. like a wish in a dream that's why it keeps all that disgusting stuff together uh <laughs> and like I okay because like I don't know how to how do you take like a soybean and turned it into fake poached eggs like I have no idea but like I'm pretty sure if you brought Hitler back to life and explained it to him he'd be like why are you trying to play God <laughs> like who do you think you are that's disgusting <laughs> yeah I think like a vegan complaining about vegan eggs Benedict is like a guy complaining that a sex doll just doesn't seem that into it you know <laughs> um like, I don't know, man, but when I look in her eyes, they're just vacant. Mm. <laughs> it's disgusting. How much time do I have? Two. Oh. It's disgusting. <laughs> you know, in the South, I come from, like, the kind of South Midwest thing, and uh, in the South, they have this phrase, it goes, bless your heart. Uh, and then when someone says that to you, what they really mean is fuck you. Did you know that? Genius, genius. Like they, they have a regionalized way of telling people go fuck themselves. It's brilliant. Like we need that for the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and here's my suggestion. Well, aren't you unique? Mm. Aren't you so unique? Uh, what you start a business where you sell panties to bandanas and you call them pandanas? Really? <laughs> Name of your company's lace my face. 
aren't you unique? Uh, uh, the owner of Late Space would like me to let you know, though, that you can um, look her up on Facebook and uh, like her page because uh, that's a real thing. I didn't make that up. <laughs> I, wish, <laughs> I wish I had. <laughs> make me feel a lot better about myself. <laughs> okay, you guys are being a really wonderful audience, and I should get out of here. But real quick before I do, I just want to let you know. Um, the other day, I had to cut my poop short because I forgot my smartphone. Uh, you guys, that shit's boring. See what I did? Uh, thank you guys. Have a great night. human being, super funny, you can see her all around town. Uh, 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 shameless plug, we'll be on the uh, All Jane No Dick Comedy Festival coming up next weekend. Curious Comedy Theater, grab some tickets. Um, super funny, you guys are going to love her as much as I do. Please put your hands together for Barbara Holm. <laughs> Joanne Hi, um, hey, my name is Barbara. Um, I am covered in dog hair right now. You're welcome. And I realized that I wear dog hair with the exact same energy that some girls my age might wear an engagement ring. Oh, this? Yeah, someone loves me. <laughs> this is going to go okay. Um, I, I went on a date recently, and towards the end of the date, the gentleman suitor, he was like, uh, can I kiss you? And I was like, I don't know, can? Oh, this is why I'm alone. I'm not saying I'm lonely. I did recently masturbate to a short story that I wrote. <laughs> it was about time travel, barberhome.com. I, <laughs> um, I work in medical transportation, so we, like, we just basically like make arrangements for people to get to the doctor's office. And yesterday I was on the phone with a social worker, and she was trying to order a ride for a client to go to the doctor. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I just need to type in, like, any reason for why she can't take the bus. And the social worker goes, she just needs to see the doctor. And, and I was like, no, 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 I know, I understand. And I really, really want to help. And I'm on your side. I just need to type in, like, any reason for why the state needs to pay for her to go. And then she goes, well, she just needs to, she just needs to go to the hospital. I'm like, I know, I know. And I really am on your side. I just need to type in, like, anything. And she goes, well, she has cerebral palsy. And I said, oh, that's great. It's not what you should say. Um, I, uh, this is my real voice. Uh, the other, <laughs> the other day at work, the, the, this gentleman ended the phone call by being like, thank you so much for your help. And Jesus loves you. And I was like, he said that? <laughs> What's the context? <laughs> Should I call him? Who's who's creepy ghost doll? Nobody's. Oh my god! Was it in this house when you moved here? Oh my god! I, I'm sorry. I'm like really loud right now, so I'm gonna hold up. You guys, there's like a creepy ghost doll that was in this garage when they moved here, and they can't like they try to throw it out, but every time they throw it out, they're like, "Did you bring the ghost doll back in?" No. How did it get back in? Oh my god! And then there's like messages and blood in the wall in the bathroom? <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares. I'm 
sorry. Anyway, how how does it sound in the cut to commercial? What if I was the director? I can't direct anything. I shouldn't be in charge of anything. I, um, I'm from Seattle. Good job. Good job. No, 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 no. You guys passed the test. Good job not clapping. <laughs> like, you guys, like, <laughs> um, if you're in Seattle and if you say, I'm from Portland, every single Seattle audience is like, yay, Portland, we love it. But if you live in Portland and if you're like, I'm from Seattle, like, they're like, <laughs> Like... Like you guys just did, like you pause, like you were like, do we, do we, honey, are you okay? Do you need some kombucha flavored kale? We're here for you. But I'm from Seattle and it sucks. I've had no less than five men say to me, you're the first non-Japanese girl I've ever dated. And I don't know how the fuck I'm supposed to respond to that. Thank you for slumming it. I'm sorry that the low self-esteem repository was out of your super racist fetish. But I'm so glad my Lolita bangs helped me make the cut. Because it's so weird the way that racists portray in our society's construct of beauty, right? Like if you're any sort of ethnic minority, you're either put on some sort of weird sexual pedestal or you're completely othered. And I don't know if you guys can tell, I am half white, half wood nymph. I don't want to be fetishized by those pervy nymphomaniacs. <laughs> um, I uh, just turned 26, and my body is getting older. Uh, anybody else? I, uh, it's starting to do things that it's never done before. The other day, I was walking down the street, and I saw this little girl, and my ovaries were like, hey, maybe we should have a baby. But then, like, a cell phone, my brain auto-corrected, and it was like, did you mean cat? <laughs> but I'm not quite responsible enough to take care of a cat, so I can't really, like, commit to that level. So my brain auto-corrected again, and it was like, did you mean frame portrait of two pugs in bowler hats? <laughs> Folks, I ain't got that kind of money, so my brain auto-corrected again, and it was like, did you mean pizza? <laughs> but I used to have an eating disorder, and I still, like, associate a lot of my, like, feelings to food, and I can't really, like, look at cheesy carbohydrates without seeing a puppet show of my ex-boyfriend having sex with a girl in an, in an anime costume. <laughs> so I can't have pizza. So my brain auto-corrected again, and it was like, did you mean anti-anxiety medication? <laughs> So my brain auto-corrected again. And it was like, did you mean the ability to accept that maybe someday somebody might actually love you? <laughs> but I'm not that self-aware. <laughs> so my brain auto again. And it was like, did you mean 900-page book about witches? myself as a beer connoisseur or as beer probably thinks of it a monster <laughs> first monster joke down 10 more to go I um, I, I was reading this article on the internet the other day about this group of Florida fundamentalists that was trying to get Marvel comic books to pull an issue of X-Men from the shelf just because it features a gay marriage 
I know, that's really messed up, right? I don't want Republicans reading X-Men. <laughs> What's the reasoning? Oh, if we're going to let two fictional superpowered mutants get married, what's next? Children thinking that love exists? <laughs> Some house in the suburbs, a dead-eyed housewife comes up the stairs, sees her kid drawing hearts in a composition notebook. She's like, what is this? Hope and optimism for a more idealistic future? Who taught you this? Learned it from North Star. Nerds, yes! <laughs> that joke is how I like find boyfriends. I'm like, it's like a, my spidey sense, ah, potential mates. What if I just phase through this wall? It's all Marvel references, we're fine. I really like, are you guys warm? Do you want me to take this? We're fine. I really like comedy a lot, clearly, but I'm trying to get more into drama, so I'm writing a play. Do you guys want to see an excerpt from my play? Yeah. My play is called Bigfoot Goes to the Grocery Store and does not get the correct amount of change. <laughs> and then Bigfoot says, you guys are clever, good job. Um, I Like I said, I grew up in Seattle. Uh, I was bullied a lot in F Seattle, but don't feel bad for me because the Seattle version of bullying is just some nerd screaming, why won't you fuck me? But then they write an acoustic rock song about it. <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> I, hate the, I hate that kind of misogyny where like people get mad at women for not wanting to date them because it's like I didn't realize that being a kind person was dependent on whether or not we put out. But I guess that explains why Mother Teresa was such a player. <laughs> I bet she was like, hey, honey, do you have leprosy? Because I want to give you a sponge bath. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, you sure are smoking because you make me want to kick off this habit. <laughs> hey, baby, did both of your parents die very painfully of starvation? Because you put the fun in orphan. <laughs> because, like, like I, I hate that kind of misogyny. That's awful. Like, one time I was doing this show in Seattle, and clearly, like, I'm okay with this. And this uh, male comic, you've heard of them. He was like, how did you get booked on this show? And I was like, because uh, I'm articulate. And then he said, pretty girls get everything they want. So I said, then why are you still talking to me? Are you guys not on my side anymore because I got all feminist and man Haiti. I don't hate men because uh, not all men are straight, but I... <laughs> no, I really, I really, I, I don't hate men. Um, people seem to think that a lot about me and uh, like I get accused of misandryism and like I, 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 I'm not, like I don't hate men and I'm just a feminist because I want everyone to feel equal. I want everyone to feel good about themselves. I want everyone to feel empowered and if me saying that women should feel empowered somehow takes power away from straight white men, well then that's just gravy. <laughs> Um, I, uh, uh, I, is that a light? Oh, no, it's a, just a phone. <laughs> I panic and run off the stage. I go, cool. Uh, um, so I, I, um, I'm very pro-choice. I talk about it constantly because I'm barrels of fun. And, I, like, uh, I'm so pro-choice that I don't understand it when a woman is not unless she manufactures staircases. 
Yeah, that joke's really dark. Um, I, I told that joke one time, and this woman came up to me, and she was like, but Barbara, what if Jesus were aborted? And I said, I don't think they had the technology back then, so that sounds really sketchy. <laughs> but I think if the second coming of the Messiah were aborted now, that virgin would have a chance to go to college. Marry a nice Jewish doctor. <laughs> what do you what do you think, Gustav? I wanna know who killed me and transported me into this part of my body. We all do! We all wanna know. <laughs> it's really sad actually if you think about it. You guys, it's not actually a ghost doll. <laughs> I hope. I mean um, so I, I hate the word bitch. It is my second least favorite word, second most gendered of the insults. The only time I would be okay with being called the word bitch would be if it was by a male dog. <laughs> because then not only did they mean it as a compliment, but holy shit, you guys are talking dog. <laughs> Do you guys think whenever I'm walking down the street and I'm like, ruff, 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 if dogs are like, holy shit, you guys are talking human. That's stock language for you guys are being a really wonderful audience tonight. That's stock language for I have really strong opinions about rape culture. <laughs> That's stock language for oh, all that dog hair. Yeah, someone loves you. I uh, got a beer with my baby brother recently. He's not a baby. He's an adult. I don't get beer with babies, just cocaine. And after <laughs> after the bartender took his order, instead of taking my order, the bartender was just like, and what would your lovely girlfriend like? And my brother said, probably for me to spend less time getting drunk with this nerd. <laughs> he was so proud of himself that he told that story to my dad. And my dad was like, you know, you could do a lot worse than your sister. <laughs> You guys realize, like, he couldn't, actually. Like, the way evolution works, the way, like, like scientifically, uh, the only thing worse than having sex with your sister would be, like, having sex with someone who, in addition to toes, has a webbed vagina. <laughs> Am I grossing you guys out? Sometimes I gross myself out. Uh... Just for funsies, um, I, uh, my favorite television show is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Surprise! <laughs> um, and then lately I've been watching a lot of Teen Wolf. And then today Netflix was like, hey, Barbara, you might enjoy anything with a hot child. <laughs> like anything with like a sexy ass minor, you might be on board... <laughs> um, I, 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 I think depression is kind of like one of those classic iPods be because every time I tell someone I have it, they're like, still. <laughs> I got rid of that in high school. Maybe you should ask your mom for bipolar disorder for Christmas. Sometimes I think that everybody I love would be happier if I just disappeared from existence. But that's because everybody I love is super into magic. 
Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of the show. Joanne Schindler-Lee! Barbara Hall, let her hear it! Awesome! I've never played Magic, and I still love you. Um, your next comic coming to stage, we have a special guest, special treat for you. Uh, you can find him, you can find your next comic um, in a dumpster after the show. Without further ado, Pizza Box. Hello, everyone. Hello. It's a me, a pizza box. Thank you all for bearing with the ridiculously long setup. I think we are now ready to play everyone's favorite game. Say it with me. What? Inside. Me! All right. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> All right. For this game, I will need one lucky audience volunteer who would like to come on stage and play What's Inside Me? How about, how about you, sir? All right, give him a big round of applause. All right, what is your name? Chuck, nice to meet you, Chuck. All right. You know me, cool. Now, before we begin, I must explain the rules for those who don't know. The game is you put your hand inside of me, close your eyes, and try to figure out what's inside me. Are you ready to play? Okay. I know, but things will be placed inside of me. And you, you will have to guess which one. I swear this won't get pervy. So, without further ado, let us figure out what the first item is. All right, you cheating son of a bitch. <laughs> Time to put your hands inside of me and wonder what or oh, what is what inside me. Screw! Yay! 
All right, close your eyes for the next item. All right, time to put your hands inside of me and to figure out what's inside me. <laughs> it's the creepy doll. All right, the next item will be a bit trickier. Bear with me. All right, time to figure out what's inside me. You can open your eyes now. It's a painting! Yay! All right, I think it's time. Yeah, you can put the painting down if you wish. As to not break it. All right, I think you're ready to play the next game. Everybody, you know it, you love it. Say it with me. What's inside you? All right. No, this is a good game. You will love it. Trust me. People, let me explain the game. Here's how it goes. I am going to give you a Rorschach test. Then I will tell you if your answers are right or wrong. You know, like a Rorschach test. <laughs> so, without further ado, here is the first image. <laughs> no, it's a pizza. Okay. <laughs> I should explain. Don't try to be smart or clever with your answers. I know you want to have fun, and this is fun. <laughs> but please just give your honest response. <laughs> it's all right. We can all make mistakes and still forgive. That is what our Lord Jesus Christ taught us. 
So, without further ado, here is the next, the next uh, photo. Actually, that is Santa Pizza, but close. <laughs> you do pretty good. All right, here is the next item. Uh. <laughs> Actually, that is church. <laughs> All right, here is the next item. No, in fact, no one knows what that is. <laughs> Here is the next one. <laughs> That's a cat. <laughs> All right, I think you're finally ready to play the last game. Everyone, you know it, you love it. Get ready for... Blood sport! <laughs> Not yet. You son of a bitch, come at me! <laughs> nah, you can do better! I know you can! Ah! <laughs> you think you can take me? <laughs> what are you playing, Pinata? This is not how you fight! Thank you very much for playing Bloodsport. You are a winner. Give him a big applause. And everyone, have a good night. You know, creating messes wherever he may go. Just kidding. Uh, and one more round of applause for our volunteer that was up here today. <laughs> Sir, what's your name? Hi, I'm Chuck. 
I check. Was that fun for you? It was a little surreal. A little surreal. Are you gonna are you gonna meet him out on the pizza box in the dumpster in the back alley? <laughs> yeah. You kind of already finished him. You did it. Thank you, Chuck. All right. Okay, sorry, I'll help. Moving right along. This has been fun. How are you guys doing? Are you still checked in? We're doing great. Great to see some more comedy. Awesome. Uh, this is a lovely setup. I'm just going to leave this like this for your next comedian, and he can choose what he where he, if what he wants to do. Uh, <laughs> your next comic coming to stage. Very handsome gentleman. Very good human being. I just have to embarrass you. It's fine. Um, one of the funniest people I know. Please put your hands together for Mr. Curtis Cook. What's up, everybody? Fucking gorgeous. <laughs> Some people do jokes. My set is just 15 minutes about talking how good looking. <laughs> Uh, well, Phil was up. My mom texted me. She was like, how's comedy? I was like, I just watched a 28-year-old man play with a box. Uh, she was like, yeah, we're glad we paid for college, too. <laughs> like, what? Thanks, Mom. I just moved to Portland. I'm from Cleveland originally, and as soon as I got here, I got a job at a Fred Meyers, and I work in the garden house section, so I deal with different women coming in all day asking questions about plants. The other day, this woman came in with a small pot like you would keep in your bathroom for decoration. She was like, excuse me, sir, I'd like to buy some dirt for this pot. I was like, word, we got big bags in aisle H. She's like, no, I don't need a lot of dirt. I seen a little bit of dirt to top this pot off. I was like, oh, well, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but have you checked outside? <laughs> and then I got fired from Fred Myers. So now I'm living in my friend's parents' storage closet to save money, and mostly it's fine, but the other day it got weird because his mom caught me watching porn, uh, which is mostly only awkward because my porn collection consists of nothing but paintings by Georgia O'Keeffe. <laughs> Just really, really into flowers. <laughs> this time last year I went to my first medieval fair, and it was like a renaissance fair, and I didn't know you're supposed to dress up for that, so I just went in what I'm wearing right now. People kept asking me what I was, and I just kept saying Othello and then strangling all the white women to death so they'd believe me. <laughs> all right, guys, I won't do that joke again. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> I've been hungover since Tuesday. <laughs> The other day I was talking to this homosexual friend of mine who's real tight ass about grammar. Don't worry, that's not the joke. Uh, but he's always correcting me like, oh, you should use this one instead of that one. Oh, you should use a semicolon instead of a comma. So I was waiting for my chance to correct him. And finally he was like, Curtis, there were literally a million people at this gay pride rally. And I was like, excuse me, but it literally means exa exactly, not figuratively, approximately. You're being facetious. And he was like, Curtis, no, if enough people use a word wrong, you have to change its definition. That's how the English language advances. And I was like, really? And he was like, really? And I was like, pfft. It's fucking gay. <laughs> now I have one less friend. <laughs> the things I do for grammar. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you guys about my weekend. Is it okay if I tell you about my weekend? <sighs> Fine. The other, this is like on, what day is it today? God, it's been that kind of weekend. <laughs> Yesterday, I was at a hipster bar lurking in the shadows while judging people in superfluous fedoras and unironically listening to the Indigo Girls on the jukebox. And from this side of the bar, this I heard this blonde white girl say, tonight, I really want to have sex with a black guy. 
uh, which is crazy because she wasn't even fat. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is for me. So I, so I sprinted over her to beat the other two black guys that were sprinting towards her, which is apparently as many black people are allowed in one room in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I don't know why every place I go, there's always, well, I'm sorry, I'm going to, you know, yeah. <laughs> We're both non-threatening. <laughs> I like your sweater. So, <laughs> so I just put it up to her, and I got there first, and I was like, what's up? And she's like, I'm in a real black guy, you Puerto Rican looking fuck. And I was like, oh, <laughs> God damn it. Now I'm never going to get to have sex with a racist. <laughs> So then I just got drunk because I'm a grown-up. That's how I handle rejection and also all of my feelings. And then because I was drunk, I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom, and a little piece of graffiti was on the wall in front of my face, and the graffiti read, in spite of everything, I still believe that there is good in people, quoth and Frank. Oh, so right underneath I wrote, kids say the darndest things. <laughs> quoth Bill Cosby. <laughs> then I went back out to the bar, and this other white girl started flirting with me, probably because she was mad at her parents. But <laughs> But she could tell I was uncomfortable, so she was like, don't worry, I'm not white, I'm actually 1 16th Native American. Uh, and I never know what to do when white people say that because it sounds like they're bragging about a rape that happened a really long time ago. <laughs> I didn't know if that joke would be okay to tell and I wanted to ask a Native American to be sure, but I couldn't find any because white people are so good at murder. Uh, it's weird you guys can laugh at that. I don't know what's going on. So I did the next best thing, and I went to a dollar store, and I bought a little plastic bag of Native American figurines, and I took them all home to my kitchen. I put them in the kitchen cupboard. I closed the door. I opened it up. They all came to life. I was like, hey, guys, is that joke okay? They're like, yeah, we're good. I was like, where? Then I closed the door. <laughs> that joke is only my favorite when other people have read that book. Uh, so thank you, people who were in middle school when I was also in middle school. <laughs> For the record, I just I need to say that like I know that York uses the word rape, but every single fact of my being wishes that something that awful would never happen again, and no part of me ever wants to perpetuate the systematic semblance of rape culture, because that like, rape is a horrible thing that should never happen on this earth, and I truly believe that, uh, except for when I watch Law and Order SVU, <laughs> that part of me wants rape to happen every weekday at 8 p.m. <laughs> I will care. My friend will be like, "Hey, do you want to go to a bar?" Like, no, this kid just got fucked, and Ice T is not happy about it. <laughs> Plus, B.D. Wong is in this episode. I'm done. <laughs> I, one time I told that joke, and afterwards, this woman came up to me after the show, and she was like, you can't tell jokes like that because jokes like that prevent women from being equal to men, and women and feminists like me will not stop until we're completely your equals. And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, word. And then I punched her in the face. She was like, you can't hit me. I'm a girl. I'm like, you need to make up your mind. <laughs> that joke is probably not something you want to say in a small garage room predominantly filled with women. <laughs> It's just, I shouldn't come up here as a giant stranger and just be like, hey, menacing thoughts. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. But when I, after I said that, I realized that like, by, if I had hit her in, by, by hitting her in the face, I perpetuated a system of gendered violence against women, the likes of which go completely against the tenets of feminism. But by not having hit her in the face, I perpetuated a system of gendered privilege, the likes of which go against the tenets of equality. And then I realized I had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. So I decided to go online and Google such feminism, which is the worst idea I've ever had in my entire life. Because when you Google such feminism, it's just six different people telling you that everything you've ever enjoyed is wrong. 
So I decided if I couldn't use the internet, I'd have to go to a bookstore. So I went to the bookstore, and it was weird because the first thing I saw when I got there was that they had an African-American section. And that didn't make any sense to me because no African-Americans ever written a book. They couldn't go into literally any section of the bookstore. So I thought they were telling me I wasn't allowed in any other section of the bookstore. <laughs> so I just stayed there. And the first book I picked up was about African genocide, which just means it was really big. <laughs> And I started flipping through, and for the first three chapters, I swear to God, I thought it was written by Dr. Seuss. Because like in the mystical land of Rwanda, there are Hutus and there's Tutsis, and the Hutus hate the Tutsis. And I'm like, I assume it's because the Tutsis don't have stars on their bellies. <laughs> One fish, two fish, red fish, genocide. <laughs> so I put that book down, and I picked up a different book called Introduction to the Black Experience, which is weird because it makes it sound like there's only one. Uh, like if you took my life and Tupac's life and Colin Powell's life and made a Venn diagram, everything would go in the middle. <laughs> uh, and I started reading that book, but it just ended up being a collection of slave narratives, and I can't read about slavery in public because as a black person, when you read about slavery, it makes you feel for your culture and your ancestry and your heritage and what was done to it. Uh, but as an individual, I'm really into BDSM. <laughs> so reading slave narratives is an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> It's like, Master Miss working hot field for no pay. I'm like, that's wrong. It's like, Master strip me and whip me as my bosom's hung. And I'm like, that is... Oh. So I bought that book. <laughs> I've been jacking off to the life of Frederick Douglass for the last five days. <laughs> I told that joke once at a show in Ohio, and afterwards this elderly white, white couple came up to me. They were like, thank you for finally pointing out how sexy slavery could be. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but thanks for supporting live comedy. Where do I go from here, guys? Hmm. I have on this list, it just says perpetuate the patriarchy, so I guess. <laughs> I guess we're almost done then, I guess. <laughs> uh, the other day I was at a white people party, which is most part is I don't know why people are everywhere. Uh, and they're only playing rap music, but I don't listen to a lot of rap music because I have self-respect. So I went up to the DJ, who was this white guy, and I was like, excuse me, could you please play something else? And he was like, nah, we only play black people music here. I was like, fine, play me some Hootie and the Blowfish right the fuck now. <laughs> and then I want some Thin Lizzy up in this bitch. <laughs> but he didn't. Instead, he played a song called Niggas in Paris, which is really stressful for me at white people parties because it becomes my responsibility to stand in the middle of the room and watch all the white people's mouths to make sure they don't sing along. Uh, <laughs> What they always do. <laughs> and I saw this one guy say the N-word, and I looked up to him, and I was like, hey, man, you can't say that. That's our word. And he was like, I don't give a fuck. It's our language. And I was like, hey. Well, that's true, actually. <laughs> so then I just went home and wrote angry black poetry. Everything's in lowercase and spelled with a K. <laughs> the joke is called bell hooks. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah? Did you clap for that joke? How unexpected. <laughs> Sorry, you remind me of my mom. So, <laughs> but that'll happen every once in a while. Someone will say something so perfectly stupid that it becomes completely impossible to argue with it. Like the other day, I was at work, and this guy sat down next to me, and he was like, "Hey, Curtis, what if Hitler was right?" And I was like, "This is not workplace conversation." But he was like, no, think about it. What if the world actively would have been a better place without Jews in it, but we'll never know because we stopped them? And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Name one thing that could possibly have been better about the world. Had we let the worst human atrocity in all history continue without nothing? And he was like, well, I bet the Middle East would have been a lot more peaceful. And I was like, yeah, but... Oh, God damn it. 
And I don't like that thought. I don't agree with it, but it stuck in my head now. Like the other day, I turned on the news and Israel bombed Palestine, and I was like, see, this wouldn't have happened if in 1940. Oh, God damn it! <sighs> don't know how I feel about that joke. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are with playful anti-Semitism. Uh, and we're in a small garage. I need to keep realizing that I have to still be in this room when I'm done with this. What comes after? Oh, I don't actually watch the news that much because I don't like to go out of my way to be sad. So I just, <laughs> I just recently learned that the NSA is tracking everything we do online. I'm amazed with how little I give a shit. Like, I just like to imagine there's some man sitting in a cubicle in Washington, D.C., whose job is to exclusively watch what I do with the Internet. And every day his boss comes in and he's like, what did Curtis do online today? And the guy's like, well, he woke up promptly at 8 a.m. and watched three hours of porn videos featuring women in dog leashes for reasons unexplained. <laughs> Then he logged on to Facebook where he went through every single one of his ex-girlfriend's profile pictures while crying into a bottle of red wine and listening to literally every Matchbox 20 song in existence on Spotify. So he's not a terrorist so much as he just needs a hug, I guess. It's not even true. If someone actually went through my internet history, all they would find is a bunch of different Google image searches for the difference between herpes and an ingrown hair. <laughs> so scared. Like I've... <laughs> I can't tell if you're laughing with or at, but I don't. <laughs> like, I've been telling, like, I went to Planned Parenthood and I got tested. They're like, you're clean. I was like, I don't believe you. So I went to a dermatologist. I was like, there's a bump in my penis. He was like, well, let's take a look. I was like, oh, well, can I just describe it to you, please? So he takes a look. I'm like, oh, is it herpes? He's like, no. I was like, is it cancer? He's like, no. Then why is there a bump on my penis? He's like, because it's a penis. Now get out of my office. There's no bumps on the penis. is important. Doesn't, James Dean doesn't have a bump on his penis. This is, I know what kind of porn some of you watch. We should hang out afterwards. <laughs> We don't have to. Ominous. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> but the thing is, like, every time something like this happens, I look back on high school and realize I spent a, a month of every year for four years taking a class on photosynthesis, and I've never used that information once in my life. Just once, I wish there would have been a science class called Bumps on Your Body You Don't Have to Cry About. <laughs> you about that life. You don't have to do that. <laughs> it was nice of you, though. I'm going to save that thought. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm broken inside. What's up, Pertle? <laughs> I, uh, I just found out that uh, Portland has less ethnic diversity than Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, which means you guys are either doing really well or really poorly, depending on who you ask. <laughs> but... Like, there's no lot of black people around, and I went back home, and I ran into my dad, and my dad and I had a bonding experience, by which I mean my dad had a bonding experience with me. I was just there. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, he was like, Curtis, how are the women out in Portland? I'm like, Dad, I'm not getting any. He was like, don't worry, we'll fix that. I was like, Dad, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, so we decided we were going to do was interior decorate my room so that I would have confidence when I went out into the world, and so that women would find me attractive when they came back with me. But the only thing I know about interior design I learned from television, so I assume it's supposed to be done by some flamboyant homosexual with a fine sense of empathy and understanding for your needs. But instead, my room was decorated by a 50-year-old black man from the projects of New Jersey who exclusively wears matching purple sweatsuits. <laughs> so we went to Walmart, <laughs> and he was like, Curtis, look at these curtains. There's elephants on them. Black bitches love elephants. I was like, Dad, I live in Portland. <laughs> it's either white woman, celibacy, or the six-year-old black woman that runs the dashiki store down the street. Why the fuck is there a dashiki store down the street? 
<laughs> I just assume she sits there crying all day watching The Lion King over and over again. But it worked out, and recently I had my first one-night stand, and the way it started was I went to this party, and there was this girl there, and it was pretty clear we could have sex, but she was drunk, and you can't have sex with a drunk girl because technically that's rape, and rape is wrong, so I just got drunker than her because that's how morality works. And we went back to my place, and we started to get hot and heavy, and then you do that thing where you're like, wait, have you been tested? And she was like, no, and I was like, I was just asking. It doesn't really... <laughs> I just hope that not like karma. I don't know. And so... Then we have sex, and it wasn't good sex. Like, it wasn't the sex either of us really wanted to have. It was that awkward 20-something sex you have because you feel you're supposed to. And at the end, both realized we shared a moment of intimacy with someone we're not passionate about, and we don't know what words to say because goodbye just doesn't seem good enough. And finally, she locks eyes with me, and she's like, well, those elephant curtains are pretty awesome. <laughs> I was like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> And the reason I, like, I feel bad because that was it. That's the last I ever saw of it all. Like, there's just somebody walking around the world who knows nothing about me that I'm, except that I'm not very good at having sex. And so, like, I didn't know what to do, and I felt really bad about it. So I decided to do, like, I just can't, I just can't figure, like, because the thing is, she was a five-foot-four white blonde girl. And if you're a five-foot-four white blonde girl, you take home a, a six-foot-seven black man, you expect to get fucked. Like, Africa with a K, fucked. And I just didn't deliver. I poorly represented my entire race and am that much closer to knowing what Kanye West must feel like every single goddamn day. <laughs> Curtis Cook, ladies and gentlemen! Yeah! White girls love Kanye, let's be real. Just kidding. I... You guys ready for your headliner comic this evening? Yeah, you guys have been so great. One more last round of applause for you. This is amazing. Yeah. Your next comic coming to stage, very wonderful human being. Um, he runs a talk show called Next Adventure at Action Adventure Theater uh, in Southeast Portland and Clinton Street. It's amazing. Um, it's uh, returning in November if you want to check that out. Look it up. Uh, the Mercury supports it. You can find it listed in there. Are you guys ready? I'm excited. Please put your hands together in welcoming Mr. Alex Falcone. It's not, it's not even close to what the name of that show is, but I appreciate the effort. It's called, it's called Late Night Action with Alex Falcone. That's what it's called. Uh, who cares? We don't have to start with advertisement. I should earn it first. If this goes well, I'll tell you more about it later. Uh, I, uh, I just got married a couple weeks ago. That's true. Thank you. I'm really excited about it. She's a very lucky woman. And uh, <laughs> it was great. It was super awesome. I love being married. Uh, I got to have sex for the first time. That was really fun. I got to say that in case any of you know my mom. Uh, <laughs> We waited. Thanks. She's got spies everywhere. Uh, I didn't know that was still a thing that people did. Like, they bragged about uh, waiting. But I met a guy at a party recently who was getting married soon. And he was, he'd been waiting. And he was so excited. Because apparently no one told him how it's going to go the first 30 or 40 times. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm a little nervous about that day. But man, that night. That night. Yeah, you're going to do it all minute, Sean. It's... It's going to be fine. I mean, if you want a great night, you're going to need a backup plan like Goonies or Cranium or something. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to bed crying at nine. I'm just guessing. 
Uh, it's really fun. Uh, I'm I'm really lucky to have this one. I'm lucky to have any woman, actually. Uh, I mean, I'm like I'm I'm fine looking, but uh, here's something. Here, this is true about me. In the last six months, I've thrown my back out putting on a pair of pants, and I've chipped a tooth eating a piece of pie too aggressively. Those are both true. What happened was I was super excited about this particular piece of pie, and I was so excited that I didn't bother to take the fork out. I just went straight into the pie, fork still in mouth, chipped a tooth, and I was standing in the living room whimpering because this particular piece of pie needed to be eaten standing in the living room. And uh, my then fiance came in, and she was like, what happened, buddy? And I told her. And instead of making fun of me like any other adult human would, she was like, yeah, pie can be tricky. So, true love, you guys. True love, right? Like, she's great. Uh, we're going to have a baby at some point. That's part of the plan. Do you guys have babies? Any of you? Yeah. A few of you? Yeah. I, those weird sounds. That was not a no. That was like a really unhappy yes. Uh, I'm not even sure if I want a baby or if I just want to put little tiny shoes on something. That... I admit that. They are ador- I love baby clothes. They're so cute. Uh, my favorite thing in the world is that those little onesies with animal ears on the top of it. Oh, my little tails. Oh, my God. It's so cute, you guys. It's so cute. Because, like, I like I like babies, but if I had a choice, I'd rather have a baby panda. So, you guys, you nailed it, Baby Gap. That's awesome. My, uh, my sister just had a kid, so I get to practice. I get to be an uncle first, which is really fun. Uh, but my sister did this super weird thing. Uh, I don't know if you guys have met someone who does this, where she told everybody in the family that they were trying to get pregnant. They're they're trying. Like, it's a math problem they can't figure out. Pretty sure you're talking about sex, and you're my sister. I don't want to hear about it. I don't care about what your long-term goal for this particular sex is. I don't want to hear about your sex at all. Keep it. You can't, you can't just send an email to everybody that's like, by the way, my husband and I are having unprotected sex like every single night. <laughs> See you at Thanksgiving. You can't. That is super gross. Super gross. She, she didn't actually say unprotected sex. She was trying to be cute. So she said this. She said this. She said, we've removed the goalie. So now I can't even watch soccer anymore. Thanks, Julia. Just picture my brother-in-law yelling, goal! I don't send her email updates about my sex life. It's not fair. I don't send her emails that are like, by the way, my wife and I are trying not to get pregnant about three to five times per week. (laughs) Normally twice on Saturdays, but not this week because I'm in a garage. (laughs) I mean, it's a nice garage. It's got carpeting and everything. It's like mixed signals from the comedy world for me. We want the goalie to stay right where he is for the time being. (laughs) We lost the goalie one time. Funny story, we found him. He was way in the back of the goal. Cece Nana. I don't do that. That would be gross. That would be gross. I like I like I like kids. I don't like necessarily the way babies come into the world. Uh I'm doing this hand gesture in case you forgot. Um it's not here's the thing, I had to watch this movie. When I was in sixth grade, the miracle of childbirth. Have you guys, you guys have seen this movie? Oh my God, that is a scary movie. That is terrifying. Like we were, it was, it was sixth grade. We're 13, right? 11, something like that, right? This should be PG 60. That is a terrifying movie. 
so scary. It should be, it shouldn't, like, babies shouldn't come into the world. That, they, that's the most beautiful idea, right? It should come in in the most beautiful way. It should float in on a cloud, wrapped in an angel's kiss and unicorn fur, and then land in, land in some mashed potatoes and mushroom gravy. Mashed potatoes is not the most beautiful thing, but I wrote this joke and I was hungry. Anyway, a baby should come in like something like that, at least. Instead, there's like screaming and blood and mom had an epidural, so she thinks she's giving birth on the moon. And then the doctor's got scissors. Don't tell me what the scissors are for. I'm not asking. And then, and then this thing comes out that looks like it belongs in a tank in an Asian grocery store. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot. I watched that in sixth grade. We just learned about vaginas a week ago. Now you're going to cut one in half and drop a sea monster covered in jello out of the middle? That is scary. Also, it's not a miracle, let's be honest. I mean, it's great, but it's not a miracle. A miracle is something rare and impossible. Like, there's nothing that Kim Kardashian can do is a miracle. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> My, uh... Did you say that's sad? Oh, well said. That's way better. That's way better. I'm sorry. I didn't mean anything. Thank you. I, uh, my wife took my name, which is cool. Uh, I really like that. Uh, not because we're super traditional, but we made a pact three years ago uh, that if we ever got married, that whoever was the most famous would get to keep their name. Uh, so you can imagine how not famous she is. I'm kicking her ass at famous in this garage right now. This is it. She lucked out because my last name is pretty cool. My last name is Falcone, which is a pretty cool name, right? Technically Italian, although that's not how name. It seems unfair, right? I just got lucky on that draw because, like, if the name re represented my history, it would be like it would be like part Italian and then part Dutch and part Polish and part. Grandpa told some stories, and uh, you can never tell, right? That's what it should be. My name should actually be like Jacobus Sopranowski the liar. That's the history. That's what it should be. My favorite thing is when people like change their last name to be something they want to be in the world. Like uh, the poker player Chris Moneymaker. I think it's so cool. Or uh, the best one ever is the internet entrepreneur Kim.com. D-O-T-C-O-M. Kim.com. That is his name. That's so fucking cool. I wish I had thought of that back before Alex.com was taken. I'm too late. I'd have to be like Alex.tumblr.com now and that's not as good. Glad I didn't think of it too early because then I would have to be Alex.geocities.com. That would be weird. Some of you might not get that. I'm not going to explain it. I'm not Alex Daddy to you. That's somebody else. <laughs> we were, uh, my wife and I were buying fancy bathroom things the other day in, the, in Target, and uh, we were standing in the fancy bathroom aisle, and uh, we were trying to decide between these two brushed aluminum toothbrush holders. <laughs> this is the non-challenging portion of the comedy show. I'm not going to even say rape culture except right now. So this is like... This is the easy peasy one. So we're, we're trying to decide between these two toothbrush holders. And uh, this kid, like college-age kid and his dad come up. And the, the kid was like, the dad's like, which one do you want? And the kid's like, I don't care. I don't need a fancy toothbrush holder. I just need a functional toothbrush holder. And I wanted to grab him by his little college shoulders and be like, you think that now? <laughs> I am your future. We were not in there because my wife wanted a new toothbrush holder. That was my idea. Uh, my bathroom logical clock is going off super hard right now. <laughs> and I thought it would be great if it matched our brushed aluminum tumbler that we got as a wedding present. I thought that would be so great.
What happened to me, you guys? Where did that go? Where did that... What happened? Like, if 18-year-old me saw this, he would have been like, I hate you and your wedding and your bathroom things and, like, all of it. I hate it. And then I realized I don't have to feel bad about that because I, I would be like, stop wearing all black. You're not mysterious. I would win that one. <laughs> it's gotten so bad. The, the other day, I was in a hotel and I was watching Channel Zero for, like, the... Uh, fax machine information? I don't know. And uh, this woman came on. She was like, if you want to experience all your adult desires now, go to Channel 99. And my first thought was like, all of my adult desires? Like health insurance and a matching brush aluminum toothbrush color? Yes, 99. It's my life now. <laughs> so weird. Uh, I used to be so cool. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I used to be so mysterious. Anyway. <laughs> I uh, I saw the weirdest thing of the day. I was down by the river, and I saw these two women uh, hanging out, and one of them was blind. She had the glasses and, and the white cane, and her friend was just telling her how attractive all of the men out today were on a scale of 1 to 10. That was what she was doing. She was just going like, 6, 8. Ooh, 8. He's jogging. That's how you get to be an 8. There's two fours together. At least they found each other. Isn't that weird, right? Like, she's like, okay, I recognize people with disabilities can still be shitty people. That is possible. But I just didn't think that disability could be shitty in that way. Like, you're, like, if you had no tongue, you wouldn't go criticizing ice cream restaurants on Yelp, right? This is your thing that you're not supposed to care about. Like, the whole reason that Gypsy cursed away your sight was so you would learn to be less judgy. I guess I'm, I'm just bitter because she said I was a six. That's all. I. <laughs> it's not that I think I'm better than a six. I was just mad at the way she said it. She was like, really super loud. She was like, that guy with the backpack's a six. She's blind. I'm not deaf. Lie to us both. Make our day right now. <laughs> I'm a seven. So you should, uh, actually that reminds me, thank you, that's very kind of you. Uh, here's the thing, I have this recurring, I'm really great at monogamy, I'm super great at monogamy. Uh, I've been with my wife now for 10 years, uh, we've been married like three weeks, but we've been dating for 10 years, and I, here's the thing, I don't even cheat on her in dreams, that's how great I am at it, and I know you're allowed to, that's not a problem if you do that, but I have this recurring dream where like, I'm hanging out and this girl comes up to me and is like, hey, let's have sex in the alley, and then I say, I'm sorry. That's not even true. Here's the dream. She's like, wait, wait, that's close. That's close. It's better than that. The dream is, you were really funny in that show. Let's have sex in the alley. It's a, it happens all the time. And then I, what I, and I say to her, like, listen, Melissa Joan Hart, that is... It's really kind, uh, but uh, two things. First of all, alleys, gross. I don't care who you are. That would be gross. Uh, second of all, I don't do that because I have already found the only woman more attractive than you, which is a really sweet thing to say in a dream. Like, I don't care if you cheat on people in a dream, but if I say that, I should wake up to the, the feel of a blowjob or the smell of pancakes, or so, right? Like, that's... Or the feel of pancakes and the smell of a blowjob. I don't care. That is sweet. I deserve something for that. <laughs> My wife doesn't even believe, this is the reason I bring this up, 
because you said I was a seven. My wife doesn't even believe that anybody else would sleep with me if I was trying. Like, she doesn't think that that's an option. Like, not in a mean way. She just doesn't think women care. That I guess. Uh, like we ha- like we did this thing. We were on the we were on the train the other day. We were on the max, and there was a. I was like, this lady was making eyes at me. And I was like, I told, and my wife's like reading a book. And I was like, hey, this lady's making eyes at me. And without even looking up, she goes, no, she's not. <laughs> and then the lady got up and started walking towards me. And I was like, she's going to come. Like, she's talking, going to talk to me right now. We've got to do something. It's going to be super awkward. Doesn't look up. She just goes, she's probably a fair inspector. <laughs> and she was. But here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> she could have picked anybody else on that train. And I had to give her my address. So we have at least like a date, a court date or something later. Like that's, that's a half a win. If any of you were thinking that like, for example, uh, you, uh, I can't see because it's dark, but if you were thinking like you would have slept with me if you had found out I was single, just do me a favor and write a quick note uh, to my wife. Don't, like don't actually do anything. Just write a note to my wife saying like, just, here, just put a list of the things that you would have done to me. <laughs> And then, like, uh, if you could do that, just, like, write, like, the Disney princess you most resemble. And then and then on the back, like, just a brief sexual resume so she knows if, like, I'm special or if this would have been anybody. Uh, just, you guys just pass those up. I can wait. That's weird. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know I'm not a seven. Here's the thing. I, I'm, like... Here's the thing, I, I'm like a six and a half in Portland or a nine in Vancouver. That's what I am. That's where I am. That's all. I'm a 10 somewhere. I haven't found it yet, but I'm a 10 somewhere. Uh, let's talk about, uh, well, let's do this. Let's do the controversial part since you guys are, are quiet right now. Uh, I said it wasn't going to be challenging. This part's a little challenging. Uh, I hate mermaids. Yeah, see? I know every, there's always one. I hate mermaids. I don't mind telling you guys. I think they're gross. They're disgusting creatures. All right, here's why I'm concerned about this. Uh, <laughs> my buddy Sean just got this tattoo of a sexy mermaid on his whole upper arm. I should mention this. Uh, Sean's not a pirate. He is um, He's an adult human uh, with uh, plenty of access to women who aren't fish from the waist down. They're out there, buddy. Keep looking. Plenty of fish in the sea. Not literally. Not literally in your case. Uh, you're not following me. Here's my point. <laughs> Here's my point. If I'm making out with a girl and I started to take off her pants, I would rather find a penis than a halibut. That's just me. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. That's how I was raised. <laughs> she's, she's a fish from the waist down. Even if her top half is perfect, that makes her a five. That's how math works, you guys. You couldn't make out with a mermaid. What would happen? She get all turned on, drop a load of caviar on your sofa. <laughs> all right, now you're on board. It's a gross thing. And she wants you to fertilize them, but you can't because it's like $85 a pound. You need to save it for later. Sean was like, all right, buddy, if all you care about is the sex, let's switch it up. Let's put the human half on the bottom. No, no, not yet. No, let's not do that. That would be way worse, right? Technically, you'd have sex, but the whole time you're looking in the cold, dead eyes of a giant fish head on legs. 
That's not an orgasm, bro. She's breathing heavy because she's suffocating. And if she's with you, Sean, both of those giant eyes are on the same side of her head because she's a bottom feeder, obviously. Up top, everybody. Up top, all of you at the same time. Don't groan. Mermaids aren't real. I hate all that shit. I hate, I'm really serious about the mermaid thing. I hate all those combinations. Like, one per body. That's all I want. Like, centaurs. I don't like golden doodles. None of that shit. Like, keep it one per body. How are we doing on time? We're doing good. Uh, we got time. Uh... Well, okay, let's do this. That, since the controversial thing is fine. Uh, did Curtis leave? Curtis le- is outside. Uh, so is he right that I'm not allowed to sing along to uh, N-Words in Paris? Is that a thing? I'm not allowed to do that? He's not in the room. Not in the room. <laughs> Here's the thing. I know I'm not... Uh, I, should, I, 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 have this th- I have a trick. I have a trick. I'll tell you my trick. This is what I do. Like When I hear like a, a song coming along, I tr- like you can't make it politically correct. I can't use all of my middle school training and like in the moment go, would all the African Americans in the house like to bounce with me? Bounce with... That sounds worse. That sounds worse. Right? Right? Here's what I do. For a bit of a, you can try this. When I hear a song like that, and I want to sing along, and I listen to some rap music, I like to sing along. Uh, here's what I do: I like, uh, I just pretend really hard. I pretend the song is about Winnie the Pooh, and then I say Tiggers instead, because then the song is like all the Tiggers in the house want to bounce with me, and bouncing is what Tiggers do best. It's a really, really very accurate reference. Uh, that's okay. It's going to pay off later. Uh, here's my problem with rap music, since uh, I forced you to listen to me talk about it. Uh, here's the thing with rap music. It's gotten gross recently. Uh, do any of you listen to hip-hop? Anybody? No? Okay, let me tell you. That. There's this thing, really slow boo. Okay, uh, here's the thing. I'll, let me tell you this. This is what happens. They do this thing now where they've started to try to, like, it's a competition for who can be more disgusting. So, like, sometimes instead of getting head, rappers like to say, getting brain. Have you heard this? This is really terrifying. Like, that is a weird, that is a very sensitive part of her bra- her body, right? Her brain, you can't just poke that part with your penis. That is, it's not going to bounce back. That sh- She needs that for, like, math and phone numbers and shit. You can't. You can't just poke that with your penis. I'll give you a sample usage. I will give you a sample usage for the grammarians out there. Here's, here's, a, here's a sample usage. It's a Kanye West song where he goes, he goes like this. He goes, that explain why I love college, getting brain in the library, because I love knowledge. When you use your medulla oblongata, skirt, hold on a second, Kanye. Very good. Uh, great rhyme. Two things. Alex, two things. Uh, number one, you were never in a library. Number two. You are not. That's just, don't bullshit me. I don't, I don't believe you. Number two, if you are going to poke a woman in the brain with your penis, which you shouldn't do for medical reasons, but if you're going to do that, do not poke the medulla oblongata. That would be the worst part of the brain to poke. That is the part of the brain that regulates coughing and sneezing and vomiting. The three horsemen of the apocalyptic blowjob. Do not go near that. Don't go near that. Find part of her brain that has to do with pleasure. Give her hypothalamus a reach around or something. Be a gentleman. Tigger, please. Be a gentleman. Tigger, please. I told you it was worth it. It's a long way to go for Tigger, please. But we did it. We persevered. Thank you, Garage. Thank you, Internet. Uh, 
I really do appreciate you guys. Like, this is so cool. I, I absolutely adore the show. This is the, my one of my favorite things I've ever done. I love it. Uh, no, not no joke. I mean, I like I, I do this for a living. So anytime people sit in chairs facing me in a garage or a, a living room or a dinette corner or whatever, like I like it. It's it's great. I mean, this means a lot to me that you guys are doing this. This is so cool. Uh, I had I actually had a doctor come up to me after a show the other day, and he's he was like really like a little too appreciative of the show. He was like, ah, I really love it. I you. You have the hardest job in the world. I was like, then you're a shitty doctor. <laughs> right? this, I mean, this is fun, right? But like, you are saving people's lives. And he was like, yeah, but you are helping people, right? Like, you know, laughter is the best medicine. No, antibiotics are the best medicine, you guys. Like penicillin can cure like like all kinds of shit, uh, and, and laughter can cure like a case of the grumps. That's about it. That's about it, truthfully. I mean, I hope it does help people. Like, if this helps, great, awesome. Uh, but here's here's the truth. I would still do this if it hurt people. It's mostly for me. Uh, I'll do two more things, and I'll go. Uh, two more things. So. Uh, I'll tell you this. So we, I bought condoms on Amazon the other day for the shipping. And uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because I, uh, I'll tell you. So I, I did this thing. This is a stupid thing that you don't have to do, where I put, it was just, I pretended it was a real store. And so I put a couple of other items in the cart <laughs> so the checkout woman wouldn't think I was a pervert. You don't need to do that online, guys. It does not, it's not necessary. You don't even need to do that in a real store. Like, who cares? And you can't fool, it doesn't, like, we're not fooling these checkout ladies, right? Like, whatever you put in a basket with condoms, she thinks is just part of your sex game. So, you can't go up there with a basket, like, it's just some Trojans and a dozen eggs and some string cheese. That woman just thinks you really love brunch and you're gonna go home and fuck an omelet. That's what she thinks. That's what she thinks. <laughs> Amazon wasn't even a little bit fooled. Uh, I had like six other things in the cart, and I added condoms, and all of a sudden, all of my recommendations for the next three weeks, site-wide, were sex things. And they weren't even good recommendations. They were like, people who like condoms also like blow-up dolls. Really? That sounds like two distinctly different parties, Amazon. If I'm doing it with a blow-up doll, we're probably going raw dog. I mean, I'm having a bad day, obviously. Not worried about a half blow-up baby or anything, but thanks. And they had other, they tried to sell me other condoms after that. They were like, hey, you know, you should check out the new Trojan Ultra Thin 48-pack. I don't want to, I don't want a one-pack of Ultra Thin. That is a terrifying idea. Ultra Thin, some things are thick on purpose for safety. That's like, it's like an ultra-thin bulletproof vest. I'm sure it's really comfortable, but I don't trust it with my life. I bet as soon as you buy that, it's like people who like ultra-thin condoms also like Father's Day cards. That's how that one ends. That's how that ends. Uh, all right, I have time for one more joke. Do you want to hear a, a really sweet, endearing joke or a filthy joke? What do you prefer? It was a trick question. It's the same joke. Uh, it's the same joke. So 
I, I did. A sh- okay, I, people ask me because I just got married. They're like, you know, you were dating for a while. You married now. Do you really believe that one person can love one other person forever? Do you think that's that's true? Do you believe in true love like that? And I do. And here's why. I'm going to tell you why. Because the other day I saw the most romantic and beautiful thing I've ever seen. I was doing a show. It was much like this, except in a theater, and people uh, paid money for it. And <laughs> and there were chairs and tables and. Uh, it was nothing like this show, but uh, it was a comedy show, and there was this couple sitting right here in the front at this table, and I had performed, and, and they liked me, and, and they were older. They were like 65, 70, and, uh, and so I decided to like, watch how they enjoyed the rest of the show, and the comic after me was kind of sad. He'd been divorced like six times, uh, which sounds impossible for a comic, but it's, it's true, uh, and he <laughs> super sad, and he told this joke about how once you get married, you never get a blowjob again the rest of your life. And I just I was checking out this older couple to see what they thought of this idea. And he was like, he, so I'm watching them, and he goes, yeah, man, as soon as you put that ring on her finger, she will never get on her knees ever again. And right then, the old, the old couple, they looked up at each other, and then they looked down. And then they looked at each other, and then they looked down. And then they gave each other a little tiny high five. <laughs> True love is out there, you guys. Believe in it. I'm Alex Falcone. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you.